one, I'm just going to say this because I, I feel called to say this. Like, I feel like it is a reflection of just how connected we are as individuals as a whole. I know it's, not, you know, there's a lot of synchronicities between me and Stephanie, but I think when we start to have these bigger conversations with others, we start to realize the similarities. You are listening to Come As You Are, the podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I'm joined by my two friends, Amanda and Tyler. Together, we are a trio of coaches coming together to explore life's biggest topics. Each episode, we hold true to our name, Come As You Are, by showing up and just hitting record. Whatever we bring to the table that week is what we talk about. No scripts, no planning, just real and raw conversations. Our mission is to create a space where vulnerability and authenticity take center stage. And we believe in the power of deep conversations and soulful connections. So welcome to the show. We are happy that you're here. And we invite you now to just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's conversation. Hello. Hi, guys. How's it going? How is everyone? Okay, Tyler, I love your shirt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you want that? <laughs> thank you. It's uh, It was part of the, which, I mean, there was a little bit of controversy around Target this year, but it was part of Target's like pride collection. And I was like, I was like, this is just too perfect. Like, it's so colorful. I just, I love it. Yeah, I'm right there with you with all the colors. So I love it. <laughs> it matches, it matches. Well, actually it, it looks really gross right now. I got a new tattoo last night. What? Which it's covered so that like it, it looks really gross. Cause like. It's like the ink sacks and blood and everything like that. But my shirt matches my tattoo because the the little disco ball or mirror ball, it's like all the rainbow colors. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. <laughs> Did you plan this or was it spontaneous? The tattoo was spontaneous, yes. My, my friend who did this tattoo, she... Uh, posted that she was doing like a flash sale and one of her flash sale tattoos was the mirror ball and I was like oh my god I gotta go get it like that's too cute so it was a very spontaneous like let's just get another tattoo oh cool that's so fun that's so fun I have like tattoos that I want but I'm literally like planning everything so i love the spontaneity i think that's so cool they're they're addicting like once you get one like you start to then start to think okay what do i want next and then it like cascades into this like all of a sudden you're like you're like going for like a full sleeve of like a mosaic <laughs> tattoo thing and it's like where this just started from like one tattoo and but you can't like the the saying is you can't just have one tattoo and i'm like totally like i believe in that because once you get one it's like okay like what's next it becomes like you're just like adding to your like body of art and i think they're so beautiful yeah I, same thing i i have i have one on my ribs and ever since then then i got another one and then well, actually, I got both of them at the same time, and I almost was going to get three at the same time because I couldn't pick which one first. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Let's think about this. Let's plan this out. So, yeah, no, I, I totally get that. It, it's so fun. 
but I have very specific ones that I want. And I think that finding the right artist for certain things, right? Like it's like anything else. Some people are better at cartoon style. Some people are better at color. Some people black and white. Like everyone has their specialty kind of, kind of coaching, right? Everybody yeah. has their, what they're good at. So I'm really trying to find a very specific artist. And I know they're out there. So I'll put it out there in the universe. Come find me because I know exactly what I want. And it's a combination of a few styles. So it's a little trickier to find the right person, but I know they're out there. So yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, do you have any tattoos? I do not, but I've heard this so often that people mm -hmm. say like, once you get one, there's no stopping you that you just want to add to this tapestry of, of wonder on your body once you start. I've actually never really honestly considered it. Um, I I don't know. I'm just one of those people that, that tattoos are not something that are, I don't know how, even how to say this. Um, I don't know. It's just not appealing to me. Yeah. And, and I think my the number one thing that that just stops me from doing it is that i i mean we know this better than anyone people change right <laughs> and so i'm thinking gee what if in 10 years you just don't like this motive anymore and there are definitely things in my life that have stuck with me for a decade or so but i don't know if if i'm the kind of person that I think I would get sick of it or I would I would just worry way too much about maybe not liking it someday so that it's I don't know the worry kind of outweighs the joy I would find in having a tattoo so that's why I I don't uh I don't do it but I mean right. I, I think there, there's like the, I mean tattoo is like this whole art form right and it's I don't know I've seen some so amazing tattoos and like wow this is really cool what people can do I think, I think it's a matter of finding something that has meaning and to me anyways, for me, like, I don't know. There's each tattoo that I have or want has a very specific meaning to it. And I used to think the same thing too. I'm like, what if when I'm old and wrinkly, like it's not going to look like as cute, right? <laughs> not gonna look the same so am I still gonna like it then but because it has so much meaning I think of okay well I'm not wrinkly longer than I'm going to be wrinkly <laughs> so I'll enjoy it longer I don't know this is my like rationale and because it, the ones that I I have or or I'm getting are they have such symbolism to me like there's just so much meaning behind like my first one was my grandmother's handwriting like to mm. me that's just such a special like she would she would sign every single one of our birthday cards with love always and so I took that handwriting and that's what I have on my ribs and so every time I think of that it's just like a really special piece of her with me I think of you know so that uh I guess for me was like, who cares if I'm old and wrinkly and it doesn't say love always anymore. It looks like who knows what. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, and, and 
to uh to Amanda's point like and even like coming off of what Stephanie's saying like like my very first tattoo I look at it and it was the big one like it's the it's the this leaf or, or, or this feather and then it says be brave enough to live creatively and I got it when I was in film school like I was at I was in college I got it with a roommate and we since like have like I had a falling out with that roommate and you know I look back at that this first tattoo and you know I still use creativity every single day in in my career in in what we do you know as coaches so like the saying hasn't changed but I look back and it and it captures a part of my life and I think for me that's the the really cool thing about the tattoos is it's not necessarily like like have I changed since I've gotten this feather tattoo oh absolutely you know this was a a part of my life when I was like discovering who Tyler was and I was afraid to embrace the color and now my my little mirror ball disco ball like this is my first color tattoo it's the first one that has color and i think it's it's like such a transformation of change and evolution and you know each tattoo tells a little story and like amanda was saying like they all have such like significant meanings for me and they all just perfectly kind of document moments of my life and i think that's why i love them coming from like the the theater kid who then became like the documentary filmmaker who's now like life coach like you know and it's like it's like every tattoo is kind of different and abstract in a way and but so am i you know and i think it's like such a beautiful like reflection of self and i don't know that's that's really what i've been thinking about recently is like the little moments that we have in life and how they kind of make us who we are because like last week we didn't get to record because I went out of town and I saw my mom and thank you all thank you too for like the kind words I listened to the message and um just had like last weekend I just took the whole weekend off like starting from Friday when we when I went down to visit my mom I just I didn't do anything I didn't like I I didn't do anything Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we had Monday off from work because of the holiday. And I was like, I'm I'm not doing anything. Like I'm literally taking four days off to just like rest and have fun and play. And I mean, it was so amazing. But like, you know, I I I reconnected with my mom last weekend, and it's still hard. Like we're now four years into this whole process of everything that I went through with my parents and it it like doesn't get easier you know like we change and we grow but like so so doesn't my mom and like she has like she divorced my dad like last year and she's now with a new man and so we I met the boyfriend on Friday and it was weird you know to be like this is my mom, but she's not with my dad and I'm almost 30 y'all. Okay. But it's still, there's still something so 
childlike about, you know, knowing that your mom and your dad are not together, you know, in that, in that capacity. And I was like, I was like, this is weird. Like, I don't like, like, it's like, it's like, I, there was still just like that little part of me that wanted my parents to be together, even though they were really bad for each other near towards the end. And like, everybody's so much happier now that they've separated and it's a great thing that they that they did that but like I was just like wow like this is not my dad and it felt so weird but you know I've I've just been thinking about like I don't know talking about these tattoos and then talking about just all the little moments in life like it's amazing how life plays out isn't it like the synchronicities the how orchestrated and perfectly like planned everything is at the end of the day like it was just like like last Friday I realized I was like I was like okay my mom's gonna be okay you know she found somebody who's gonna take care of her that's what she needs she's always needed that and I was just like okay like that chapter is like closed and it was like it was like was like I I almost felt like I don't have to be there for her anymore because she's got other people taking care of her and I was like wow this is beautiful oh my goodness so many things first I can definitely relate to this like my parents divorced also when I was an adult child I guess you could say like I was an (laughs) adult (laughs) but you still have this like child moment right like both of them have moved on and you're happy that they're happy right you just want them to be happy and seeing them both you know remarried and with somebody else and it's been a few years now, so kind of gotten used to it. But initially, yeah, it's weird. It is really, really weird. And I think also going back to this, like, this adult child that we are, right? Like when you said, I don't have to take care of my mom anymore. It's so like that inner child, that inner child just screams at me. How interesting that we feel that as children, we need to take care of our parents and for whatever reasons, right? But that we take this on of, I need to care for my parents and they're the adults, we're we're the kids, but we have this. And so just like your awareness and acknowledging that, like, I just, I think we could all use that every once in a while, how we caretake other people or, you know, I know so many times we talk about the people pleaser, right? how we, that comes out because we're trying to protect or take care of other people. And I love the like duality of this, you know, I'm taking care of my mom. Now I don't have to. And I took this time. I did nothing for a whole weekend and then some because of the holiday. I don't know. I just think that's so beautiful. So thank you for sharing that, Tyler. Yeah. Well, thank you for letting me dump it. Cause I was like, I was like (laughs) holding it in and I was like, I was like, I'm going to come to the call. And I just like, again, we come as we are here on this, on this show. And it was like, it was like, when I got up this morning, I was like, I cannot wait to connect with y'all because this is like really become like such a safe space for me to like dump things, but like not dump them on you, but just like put them out there and like know that other people are going to hold the words and hold the space and like have the conversations with me. And so I don't know, like last weekend was challenging because of the complex relationship that, you know, I have with my mom. And it was like, 
it was like, I don't know. I, ju- I just come here and I feel so supported. And so thank you for letting me dump. Um, yeah. So I'm going to join the parents got divorced when I was already an adult-ish club also. <laughs> I yeah. think I want to do Thank you. I, I, I'm looking forward to receiving my membership card. Um, I think I was like 18 or so. Um, and I think my parents had put it up or my mom had, had put it off to separate from my dad because I have a sister that is much younger. She's like eight years younger and she's very much a, a daddy kid. And, and my mom was always so afraid what a divorce would do uh, to my sister. But I think that, you know, now in hindsight um, was really just an excuse because she was scared of the changes that would come, um, not necessarily for us kids, but, you know, for the family in general and what other people would think, you know, talking about the people pleaser when um, when people get divorced. And I remember when my sister went to school, like all of her friends, parents like everyone was kind of divorced and then we would always look at our household and see like wow that our parents are together is kind of like a miracle but I mean there were always issues and then eventually uh, my mom uh, did leave my dad and of course it wasn't you know that big of a deal for my sister she just like really built it up so badly in her head and I actually don't have this notion to take care of my parents. I mean, it always depends on what was going on when you were a kid, right? Um, but I did have this notion of wanting to take care of my sister. So anything that went wrong in my sister's life, especially in her teenage years, that I put on my shoulders. And I mean, that stuff gets heavy, right? It's not mine to carry. Um, there's even this term for it, but I, I forgot about it right now. Um, but there's this term when you kind of as a kid think you need to take on the parent role, even partially for certain aspects, right? Maybe there's one parent that cannot perform their duties as a parent. Maybe they're sick or maybe they are like, you know, maybe there's drug abuse or whatever. And then um, you kind of as a kid think that there's parts that you have to to um, take over, like take the responsibility, which is really not yours to carry, but you just you do it. You kind of find yourself doing it. And and I did this again, not with parents, but with my sister. And then when I learned at some point, somewhere in my twenties, <laughs> that that's um, that's like baggage that I just put on myself. It was so heavy. And once I lifted that G, you know, you've no idea how I felt like I could fly. You know, <laughs> once you drop that, that's that's such a big um, relief. And I'd say that I mean, it's still an ongoing process. I think that. Um, this kind of stuff you really have to work through in like layers like you're not gonna drop it all at once I wish it was that easy you're gonna you know over time drop package by package little by little step by step yeah Mm. that's so I don't know Stephanie I don't know if we've ever chatted about this in our many years that we've known each other but like we have very similar stories in like my sister's also eight years younger than me, you know? And so it's so spooky. I love, I love how, I don't know, Stephanie, there's just something. You always there, say this, right? Like, I know, but it's true so every, time, yeah. every time, like 
one, I'm just going to say this because I, I feel called to say this. Like, I feel like it is a reflection of just how connected we are as individuals as a whole. I know it's, not, you know, there's a lot of synchronicities between me and Stephanie, but I think when we start to have these bigger conversations with others, we start to realize the similarities, like, and how just synchronized everything is because all three of us are like children of divorce but like at older ages uh, in life you know it didn't happen when we were seven and it happened when we were like young adults you know and so I think that's just so incredible to kind of look at and for me I was in the exact same space like growing up I always took care of my little sister you know and I always like even even going back to like when she was born and I was like eight years old, like I took on a very like parental role in like bringing up my sister because of, I think, the lack of, I'm going to say the lack of interest or the lack of like paternal responsibility my parents took on you know like like it was like it was like I used to like comfort my sister and you know play with my sister and like you know when I turned 16 I was driving her around everywhere like that became like I became chauffeur you know all of these kind of things but it was like it wasn't until the last couple of years that I've been in therapy that I started to unbox all of this and had that like awakening of like wow you're taking on so much Tyler and it's not your job to be the parent and it was so hard like it's so hard to break up that role and to be like okay that's not my space like I just get to be brother you know and I don't have to be mom and dad plus brother you know and I think it's really challenging sometimes especially when you're the older sibling because you feel so responsible like it's like your duty to you know set the stage and lead by example and then be there when they fall or pick them up when they're crying and it's like it's like so much to take on and that's what like the last couple of years I've been having to like reshape my relationship with my sister to be like hey I love you I'm your brother like that's my role is to be brother not everything and it's just been such an interesting like evolution to like unpack how much personal responsibility I put on myself to take on these roles and like listening to us all talk here it's like it makes total sense that we all landed into a coaching space like it makes total sense that we are now all coaches mm -hmm. because we always took on these leadership roles these higher responsibilities these nurturing roles so it's like no brainer that we're all sitting here today and we're like yep yeah, we ended up being coaches as our career and like and just like pshoom, light bulb <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah couldn't agree with you more I think even like there's so many even though some differences but in similarities in the sense like we're all older siblings I'm the oldest of four so this role of 
being the role model, or I don't even know how many times in my life that I was told to set a good example, set a good example for your siblings, like the amount of times. And though I am grateful for that now, because I feel like I step into this, especially that I work with teenagers, right? I'm really stepping into a role model role. So I feel like pretty comfortable there because I've been doing it for quite some time and it feels good for me. And authenticity is something that is really, has always been really important for me. So it feels genuine. It feels authentic that I would only naturally become this role model, right? And funny, I'll add to this. So from me to my, to the youngest is eight years. So kind of interesting how we're all like, although there's two in between for me, but still it's really interesting. Actually, <laughs> I don't think really, I don't think we've ever actually analyzed this part of our, of our connections. This is so cool. I'm loving this, but I, I really think that role model position that we, you really do. We take that on and I really took that seriously. And even I remember growing up so many times where you know, my sister didn't want to cooperate and my mom was busy wrangling the other two. And I was like, Amanda, please help. Like, and I was the one who always got them to, you know, get ready or do the thing that needed to be done so that we could do whatever we needed to do. And I can see how that shows up and absolutely agree that, yeah, it only makes sense that coach, it just makes sense. I couldn't see it any other way <laughs> and how life lined me up and even us, right? I think I can speak for us collectively that all of those experiences that we had, like what would have happened if we were the youngest and maybe we didn't have this, you know, stepping into this role model right away that, you know, position in the family or just in that role for lack of a better word, but you know what I mean? Like how would things have been different if maybe we didn't have a sibling? I, I don't know, I don't know. It, it, I wonder- Oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Stephanie. No, go ahead. <laughs> I wonder sometimes, you know, when, you, when you're talking about, you know, hypothetical scenarios now, um, I've had this a couple of times in my life where meeting someone new, and then I can already tell that this person doesn't have any siblings without them telling me that they don't have any siblings. So I feel like regardless of, you know, whether you are, so I'm the sandwich, so I have an older brother and a younger sister. So whether you're like the oldest or or the youngest, I think there's such a gift in having siblings. Um, whether you are, like, I think my sister, because she had two much older siblings that she grew up quicker like she she got exposed to things that she probably wouldn't have been exposed to if she only had like an older sibling that was maybe two years older or so right because we were already so further ahead in our development like you know the class in school and the kind of friends we had and what we did and I think as a much younger sibling you kind of pick up on that and you're somehow already a bit more drawn to to just develop a bit quicker and and you know vice versa I feel like sometimes I got stuck in this like children universe 
a bit longer. So this is why I have also this stronger connection to the to the younger generation now because I have this younger sibling and she kind of like allowed me to stay in that space a bit longer. So you know, it's just about you know when when you see these like TV shows and you're like, oh yeah, I know this because my sister watched it. No, you know, not because I watched it. You know, this kind of stuff, right? So I think it's like this this mutual benefiting that's so interesting and yeah I just wanted to bring this up I'm just so grateful to have siblings because I think my mm. life would have been freaking boring if I didn't <laughs> well I I loved your your reflection there of like being held into like you know the younger space because when my sister was born you know she grew up watching like Dora the Explorer and like some of these like TV shows and uh, like, like I would have never have watched any of those. And like, even, even some of like the, I would say even some of like some of the Disney channel shows that I ended up like kind of falling in love with, like, you know, the sweet life of Zach and Cody, like I was almost on the brink of like the, like, like, it, like, I was, like, in middle school when that came out, and it was almost like, okay, like, you're too old to be watching the Disney Channel shows, but, like, my sister loved it, and I ended up loving these kind of things, and it was, like, for me, I think that's, at least for me, like, that's why, like, I'm so imaginative, is because I got to, like, play pretend with my little sister, and I got to, like, even all the way into like when it was no longer cool because I was like the 15 year old that was still playing games with my sister. Cause she was like eight, you know, or nine, you know? And so I was playing the, you know, we played Barbies and Play-Doh and like all of these things. And I was always just like playing, you know, even into, wow, I'm having like, sorry, y'all. I'm just having like this, like, this all makes so much sense. Like, like it all makes so much sense that like I was imaginative and then that spiraled into me going into theater and like, it all just kind of like unfolds so beautifully. And I think I'm, I'm feeling very today for whatever reason, I'm feeling very like appreciative of the journey and just how it unfolds. Because I think so often we get, tripped up in like trying to make it happen that we don't ever reflect back enough to realize okay just how perfectly it has all played out and I mean I'm even talking about like like the bad things that have happened to us you know the negative things that we don't you know that aren't always so fun to talk about like even those moments came into my life exactly when they needed to come into my life to like position me to where I am today and it's like I don't know I'm just feeling very grateful for the journey so far and feeling very like wow what a beautiful story we have all lived you know love it and to bring a little bit more gratitude <laughs> to the conversation I, I definitely can say that how 
the journey, yes, we can be so grateful for it. And I think certain things that stand out for me in my journey was being the oldest of four. And I, that love of kids, you know, I wonder sometimes where did that come from? But I was always surrounded by kids. Like from me to my next sister is 14 months. Like there wasn't much time for me, like to be, I guess, an only child, if you want to look at it that way, right? Like right away, I had siblings. There wasn't really time in between for me to really even get used to the idea that I had this life, I guess, <laughs> and already I had siblings. And so I think that, you know, that love yeah. of children, where was that birth? Because I'm always that person that's around the kids. Like, seriously, to this day, it doesn't matter what party we're at. If you lose me, you find the kids and you'll find me. I'm like the neighborhood hangout for all the kids on the street. Everybody comes to our house. They want to play here. So, but I'm not just, they're, you know, locked in the basement and they're playing their games. I'm there too. And I'm like, oh, why are you playing next? Like, I'm just so <laughs> excited to be a part of what they're doing, right? And I think also, too, when we're talking about more on this more maybe negative side of things, I see and I talk about this all the time when people ask me, what inspired you really to work with teenagers? And for me, it was this. It was the hard parts. It was the hard parts of my teen years. I really struggled as a teenager. And ask me when I was a teenager if it was fun. It was not fun. It was not fun. Like I really struggled with my mental health and I figured it out on my own. Enter the gratitude, right? And I'm super grateful for that. But I do wonder sometimes that if I hadn't had that struggle, would I be still working with teenagers? I don't know if I would be as motivated or inspired to support them because I mean, it's a big mission for every team to have a coach, but I feel so strongly about it because I think of my struggles and I connect back to that and think, wow, yes, at the time it was hard and yes, it sucked. <laughs> it really sucked. But now on the other side of it, I can see the beauty in it and really and truly why I experienced such hardship and had to figure it out on my own so that now I'm on this journey to make it easier for other teenagers so they don't have to struggle like I did. And I love that, especially in the coaching world, that so many of us take this initial pain and turn it into this power or this motivation or to just, you know, it inspires us to support others who have been on maybe a similar journey. So yeah, that's that's my little piece of, of gratitude. <laughs> That's exactly where I wanted to go also. <laughs> so interesting <laughs> that I do believe that really for any person, it, they don't even have to be in this space of personal development or, or, you know, being coaches or therapists or whatever, but that we all experience a certain suffering as, as kids. And then it's, I mean, it sounds so weird. Like why is the suffering in this first place? But that's, that's a question we want to answer today, right? But we all have this like initial suffering and then turning, like you said, turning that into the your power, right? Like turning pain into power. I think that's then the journey later on. 
and you know for for us it's very key to make that our purpose right we are so locked into you know being coaches and helping others to ease the pain or to turn the pain into power a bit quicker uh, for the for the suffering to not to last so long or even just make them aware that that this is the suffering state and you know there's there's so much more beautiful life out there for you um raising that awareness so for for us that's that's our mission our purpose we're so honed into that but i think essentially it, it doesn't have to be the purpose for every person but i think every person on their journey here as a as a human on this planet they're all going through this process of like experiencing hardship and then the the idea is to the concept whatever you want to call it is to turn that into power and that's hard and for that to happen you have to first I guess go back and understand hey what is the suffering what is it um that that is mm, has caused you to to experience some kind of difficulty in this present state because that's I think how it usually starts right you ask yourselves at some point in your life gee why am I not happy shouldn't I be happy like what's happening right and then you do some digging and you take a course and you do something here read a book yada 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 and then you find yourself at the bottom of this, like, oh, holy shirt, it all started when I was six years old and, you know, enter quote <laughs> here. <laughs> and I've also, and I, I need to say this for everyone, like, this is a process that it's kind of with us for the rest of our lives, right? I don't think that you will ever see this day where like, okay, check my childhood trauma healed. Cool. And now I can move on. This doesn't happen. <laughs> If anybody listening has the magic formula, please <laughs> let us know. We want the magic pill. <laughs> It'll come with your child of divorce drama <laughs> membership. Tyler, you looked like you really wanted to say something. Go ahead. Well, I don't know what's happening today. Like the collective energy is like here, uh, but. I like so last night Taylor Swift released like speak now like Taylor's version like that's the big like Taylor news and she always releases when she releases the Taylor's version she releases tracks from the vault which are songs she has never released before and one of her songs from the vault is castles crumbling and she was she was writing about how she had achieved like so much success and she went from being like this beloved artist to now everybody hating her and whatnot and I mean that comes with fame that comes with like the territory that she found herself in and like her speak now album was the one that really like skyrocketed her to like mega success like it was the big it was the big album that just like threw her everywhere and I was I was listening to the to her to this new song and she was talking about, you know, this. It was like it was like this collective feeling of, of I'm not enough, no matter what I achieve, no matter what I do, no matter how big I become, like it's still not enough. And I just. I got real emotional last night. It was like midnight and I was listening to to the release and it was I was just sitting there reflecting on the journey as a whole and how no matter 
And it's like, this is like the human experience. Like, this is what I think makes being a human one of the most unique experiences that anybody can go through is that regardless of success, accomplishments, material things that we are able to achieve in life, there, there's still that that lingering voice inside of us that says, you're not enough. Like you're not being enough. You're not doing enough. And I was just sitting there thinking, my God, this woman who, you know, when she wrote Fearless, she was like in her early twenties or excuse me, speak now. When she wrote speak now, she was like in her, you know, late teens, early twenties, mega star had everything that you could ever kind of desire materialistic, you know, materialistically, And she was still struggling with these feelings of I'm not enough and they don't like me enough. And, you know, what I'm doing is not good enough. And I was just like, wow. And it made me think, I was like, I was like, okay, does Taylor Swift need a life coach? Probably. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm just put it out there. I will happily take that job, Taylor. So if you're listening, like connect with me, like I'm putting it out there. I will come be your personal life coach. You can have me on a retainer and we'll just, you know, keep it going. But, but it was like that aha moment of like, even the biggest stars on our planet, the ones who look like they have it all struggle with the exact same feelings that we experience. And again, it's like this idea of this universal collective energy of, you know, we, as individuals we have to make that choice and you know constantly become our own best friends because if we continue to allow the negative voices the i'm not enough like this collective energy of like of like i'm never going to be good enough like once we recognize that everybody struggles with that taylor swift oprah the president of the United States, like everybody struggles with this. Okay. It just makes it so human. And it makes me go, okay, like it's not that bad because I'm not the only one struggling with that. And I just think, I don't know. I just think when we surrender to the process, when we learn to trust when we learn to open our hearts, open our minds and receive versus trying to force things, like life becomes a really blissful experience. And that's what I've been learning here in like the later stages of my 20s is, you know, for so many years, I tried to force everything and I was, and I took personal responsibility for everything and it was all on me. And then, you know, recently I've been going, you know what, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to put my hands up. I'm going to let go. And I'm just going to be, and I'm just going to live. And it's like a really beautiful gift to give yourself. So that was like my final takeaway as we were all talking about this, like collective energy. It's like, just be. It is so interesting that really i think this is why when it comes to music 
the this is why we all love to listen to sad songs and this is why when someone just sings about being happy for three minutes <laughs> that song is not necessarily as popular as a song where someone describes a, a really sad situation and tries to process something with a song in that sense i think between humans like the shortest connection is when you connect through pain like it's easier to connect through shared hardship in that sense and I, I really love what you said there, uh, Tyler. And, and once again, I'm having so much awe for the the parallel journey that we are both on. I'm like, gee, were you in my coaching sessions this morning? It's like the same stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that I, I'm, I'm experiencing that too. There's this inner drive not from a place of love, but it's from a place of fear, this inner drive, always wanting to achieve, always wanting to get the next thing, always wanting to have the next certificate or whatever, being this 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 achiever type. And what this does is that it serves us in a way that we think, okay, once we achieve enough, we will be enough, right? I just have to perform. I just have to be that really eloquent speaker, or I just have to be that that friend that always buys the drinks or you know whatever example you want to take here that you need to bring something in order to be worthy of it right you have to show something for it and you know in taylor's case having trophies on the wall or having like you know 50 million followers or um this kind of stuff and it's like what we are attempting to do with this kind of behavior is we're shoving this into a void into our hearts but it's this it's this like black hole it's gonna be sucked up all and then you know five seconds later we will feel as crappy as we did before all the likes or before all the trophies or before all the certificates and it's exactly what you said Tyler that we need to let go of all of this it's not about the followers not about the numbers not about the achievements not about how you look uh how many excuse me how many cars you have in your garage it's just being and I know that sounds way too like I always think this so whenever I find myself in this like um downward spiral of oh no no I have to just work harder and you know that will get me everything I want right when I find myself in that downward spiral I remind, remind myself okay it's it's about being you know that's how you can essentially foster um and nourish your inner sense of self-worth when you just are there's nothing that you have to do and I know that that sounds too easy to be true but <laughs> um that that's really it you know coming back to what we said earlier what's the magic formula right for the healing it's not that we will you know write the final chapter for the healing and then close the book but I think that's what's moving you forward on your healing journey all the time when you just allow yourself to be like you said Tyler you know arms up just surrender let go and know that the universe or whatever your faith is has your back you don't have to carry it all by yourself I think that's that's the cool part about it right and it's kind of letting go of a lot of the pressure knowing that okay I don't have to do it all by myself even though there's not another person technically there there is the universe there or 
whatever that faces that you have, right? There's something greater than ourselves out there that takes care uh, of us. And there's like, we don't have to carry it all by ourselves and we can just be, and that's the good enough part. And um, I think that's really difficult, like to, to believe that you can maybe understand it at some point but then also to really like ingrain this everyday thinking okay i'm being and that's freaking enough and i really think that's the beauty of what we get to do here like this space is really just that right like we're just being we're showing up here we are like we started talking about tattoos and look we are talking about self-worth like what <laughs> <laughs> Uh, journey we've gone on in like what 40 minutes right like and so I think that that is a a testament to the power of just being just showing up and allowing whatever is meant to come up because after all these conversations right we always have our little chat after and really recognize how much healing there truly is and whether it's you know having a safe space to dump whatever is coming up for you or to celebrate something that's going on for you or to come into this collective energy and connect on the simple fact that as humans we can all relate to this feeling of I'm not enough I'm not worthy we can all get to that space and have that mutual understanding and I truly believe that that really in these conversations that we're having, that is where the beauty is because it truly is an example in real life of just that, that we can start talking about tattoos and it can lead us to so many other things, right? That's where I would leave that today. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think that brings this conversation to a close just so beautifully and naturally. And again, it's, it's just amazing to see as Amanda was saying, like what happens when you allow yourself to just be present and just hold space for the conversations and for the connection. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to end it there. So Thank you all so much for listening to the show, for being a part of our collective energy. We are so grateful for every single person who is listening, who is joining in on the conversation. If you have anything to add, feel free to, you know, drop a comment, uh, share, like, subscribe, all of that good stuff. That feels so slimy saying that. I don't know. But thank you so much for being here, for being present with us. And we will see you next time for another Come As You Are conversation. Have a great day, y'all. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Come As You Are, the podcast. You can follow the show on Instagram at Kaya the Podcast and on YouTube and Facebook by searching Kaya the Podcast. If you haven't already done so, please help us keep the conversations going by subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast. And be sure to join us next time for another deep conversation.